Hi, I'm Kristen, and this is the Simple Handmade Everyday Podcast, where I talk about living a creative, intentional life. I like to chat about quilting, sometimes knitting, and now cross-stitch, what I'm reading and watching, a little bit about self-care, productivity, and mostly keeping a cozy, organized home. I've got my cup of tea in hand, so grab yours, and let's settle in for a chat. This is episode 92. Hello friends, how are you? It's so good to be back. It is August 28th, 2022, and this is actually going to be my last podcast for about a month because September is um, going to be a little bit crazy in a good way. Okay, so first, um, grab something fun to drink, whatever your beverage of choice is. I, of course, have a cup of tea. Um, It is the Yogi brand Mango Ginger. And this has been my go-to tea for the morning ever since I was um, diagnosed with some acid reflux issues and really had to lay off every single food and drink that I love, which are all sneaking back in again. Um, But ginger is supposed to be good for this. And and so mango ginger is my go-to morning tea. Although one afternoon last week I brewed up a straight up cup of black tea which I have not had a straight up cup of black tea since February it's PG tips you know it's the very common brand in the UK with a splash of milk and oh my gosh I'm like this is why I love tea so much but I haven't had a a tea like that for a long time I'm hoping to work that back in every once in a while but um, my herbal teas are, are doing me well it's okay all right so summer is coming to a close here um, and that means so many different things for us personally um, we are leaving for Italy in um, about four days at this point and I'm very excited I know I've talked about it incessantly you're probably sick of hearing about it and thank you to everyone who has sent me emails and left comments about um, enjoying enjoying the, the trip and little places to try to visit and I'll see if I can figure some of that out um, if I can find those, I should have been done a better job of cataloging those suggestions. But um, yeah, so we're just down to it now, making that sort of list of things. Do you do this before? When I get close to a vacation, I start this do not forget list. So for me, this is just all sorts of like my vitamins and medications. Um, I'm actually going to um, go back on this medication called Prilosec, which is a, a stomach acid indu- uh, reducer. Um my doctor said I could go back on it while I was in Italy because I emailed her. I was like, I red wine and spicy foods and, and um, tomato sauce and all these things bother my stomach. And I know I'm going to eat them in Italy, eat and drink them. Um, can I go back on this? And she said, yes, go back on it for while you're there and enjoy your trip. So I'm very excited that I could drink red wine without pain again. Um, so I'm making this list of all the medications and don't forget vaccination cards and the um, you know, all the, the electricity transformers and all those things that you need. So I'm kind of just making those, those lists and making, you know, lists of things to tell the house sitter and, um, just all the million details that are, that are coming up right now, as well as, um, for my own, for work, for my own business, um, I have scheduled ahead. I've never scheduled so many things, videos, emails, um, and something else too. The 
all kinds, social media posts, all these things that I do for my work so that hopefully, I mean, my, my clients know that I'm leaving, but things will continue as if I was there. So that has been um, kind of a haul working ahead like that. But uh, I'm feeling like I'm in a good place to, to walk away from work for what will basically be two solid weeks. Um, and I'm very excited about that. So then when we get back after the first um, about week and a half of um, our trip to Italy, then we just have a few days till we go move my youngest in for college. Um, so this is the other way. It's really signaling the end of summer, which I know a lot of, like everybody else has gone back to school. The UC system is the quarter system. School doesn't start until the, the 20s of September. So this year, he it's a second year of school, so he will still live on campus. He'll live in the same area that he lived last year, but um, he'll be in an apartment. So um, he will still have a dining plan, just sort of a, a lesser dining plan and the opportunity to make some of his own meals. So we've been kind of doing some practice runs this summer of like, what are some things that you you like and will, and then you can practice making them here. He's kind of got a list on his notes app of, of you know, easy meals. And we've talked about how to um, take some of the things that he likes that we make here, um, but say he doesn't have He's, he's not going to have the the variety of ingredients to put into things. I'm like, okay, well, this is how you can, I don't know, sort of dumb it down. Um, and then we made our little pilgrimage to Goodwill, and I did this with the other kids, to get some plates and cutlery and a couple cooking pots. And we usually do this whole thing at Goodwill. Um, what else do we get? A baking sheet, a... Um, a cheese grater, you know, just all these little things. And then after that, we went to the dollar store, got him some dish towels and some measuring cups. I didn't like any of the measuring cups or measuring spoons at Goodwill, so we got a set at um, the dollar store, um, a few little cleaning supplies, things like that, and then um, over to Target to get those things that, um, you know, that we couldn't get otherwise, and all, plus all those things you need, you know, just stocked up on... Um, you know, shampoo and conditioner and deodorant, all those kinds of things. And I didn't want, I wanted him to have a couple like sharp knives to cook with. We believe in having some good knives. And I'm like, oh, he found some of the dollar store. I'm like, no, there's no way I'm going to send you to school with a, a knife that costs a dollar 25 because it's really not the dollar store anymore. It's the dollar 25 store. Um, but we did, we found a couple things on sale, like a nice Cuisinart knife that was on like half price for like $8. I'm like, okay, that, that'll be good. So, um, I wanted to get all of that done before we went on vacation just so that I can just, you know, know that that's checked off the list. Um, and so after then we'll drop him off at school one weekend. And then the following Wednesday, I go on a week long business trip um, to Connecticut. So then that gets me back kind of at the end of September. So it's September is going to be whirlwind, which um, September tends to be our hottest month here, so in some ways, uh, um, I think it's going to actually, it's going to be hot in Italy, but I think it's going to be cooler than it is here. So, um, so yeah, so that's kind of this, all the crazy stuff that's, that's going on, but all in a, in a very good way. All right, before we get into talking quilting, I'd like to thank the Fat Quarter Shop for sponsoring the podcast. Fat Quarter Shop is a one-stop show for quilting fabrics and supplies for quilters around the world. They stock quilt shop quality fabrics, pre-cuts, quilt kits, patterns, notions, and even cross-stitch supplies. Join the Fat Quarter Shop for the Scrappiness is Happiness Quilt Along, which I'll talk about a little bit more in the quilting segment. 
It is um, inspired by Lori Holt's new book, Scrappiness is Happiness. And this quilt along is a little extra in that it's encouraging you to use your extra fabric to make a scrappy sampler quilt. The, this book is packed with 32 scrappy quilts and the sampler uses blocks from many of the quilts, which is absolutely adorable. It kicks off on October 31st, so you've got plenty of time to order the book, sort and iron your scraps, and buy anything else that you're going to need before it kicks off. I'll put a link in the show notes to both the book and the um, blog post on the Jolly Jabber that gives you all the details. It looks absolutely fun and there's going to be so many people doing it and we all love everything Lori Holt does, right? So we'll see you there. Okay, let's start talking some quilting. I think I've shared with you um, that I've been a little uninspired to quilt this summer and I um, sort of rediscovered that I really do like to, <laughs> I really do love to quilt. Um, I always get a little nervous, like, is, is my quilting phase of my life over? Because you know we all pick up ha hobbies and put them back down again. But I do think quilting is something that I will always go back to. So I had a quilt top that's been finished for a while. I can't show it for you to you yet because it's going to be for something that the Fat Quarter Shop does later. But I had the quilt top done. I kind of chugged away on that. Um, yeah, I, as a matter of fact one day uh i was just going to yeah i guess i did all the sashing I, I the blocks have been done for a while and then i picked it back up i did all the sashing and borders one day i'm like okay that was fun and then it just sat there for like another few weeks and i really wanted to kind of straighten out my sewing area and um so i had the the background not the background the um, backing fabric laid out which was a uh, what are they called a layer cake so there were all these squares and i had um, decided i sort of in my mind said okay I was going to do that a little differently so I pulled out the design wall and um, relayed out a, a layout for the back backing fabric and I'm like okay well now because that's all I was going to do because I kind of believe in the small steps but for me <laughs> small steps also usually lead to me like really getting going and so then I sewed the the background why do I keep calling it background the backing fabric all together then I'm like okay well you know what I'm just going to baste it so I basted it I spray basted it small quilt and then I was like, uh, you know what? It's only like two o'clock on a Sunday. I think I'm just going to quilt this. So my idea for quilting it was going to be free motion, a loopy meander, which is kind of um, that and a paisley are my two go-to free motion um, motifs. So I actually have a little basket where I have um, some things that are already basted, um, you know, just scraps of fabric to practice free motion. So I found that pull them out and set up my machine. I have a, a Juki, <laughs> set it up for free motion. And it's been so long since I've done this. I pulled out my my gloves, my machinger's gloves, and somewhere along the line in the last couple of years, the cuffs of them, the the elastic in the cuffs have just died. It's just like they gave up. And so they're all baggy. It actually doesn't matter at all. And I do love machinger's gloves, but I just thought that was hilarious that they've been so neglected that the the um, elastic deteriorated <laughs> while I was ignoring them. So I pulled that out. It was a complete mess for a while. Um, I had so much eyelashing on the bottom till I realized that I, uh, what, it was something silly. Like I hadn't put the, the presser foot lever down. It was crazy. So I did that for about, I don't know, 15 or 20 minutes and just went, ah, you were so rusty at this. You were not going to be happy with these results. Um, and it was more like I could do 
the motion, it's, it was more like I was having problems spreading out the meander in an even way. Like I can do the stitch, I can do the loop and the stitches were not bad, but I didn't feel like I was traveling well to like cover a whole quilt. And um, I was like, okay, I'm not gonna do this. So I put it away and I decided that I would do um, straight line quilting, but I was gonna do a cross hatch. Um, it's a kind of a traditional quilt. So I thought, okay, cross hatch would be good. So I pulled out my, I have this green painter's tape. It's super strong. It allows you to, um, if you're taking a photo of like a, not a really full size quilt, but a smaller quilt, um, you can do, it rolls on the back and you can, you know, like tape it to the side of a building, which all my handpiece quilts alongs are, are, uh, I go to this this little restaurant in town. This it's like yellow clabbered, and I just love it. And I go there early in the morning before they open, and I tape my quilt to their building. <laughs> it leaves no mark, I promise. Um, so, anyways, I have this painter's tape. It's green. It's very strong. That part is irrelevant. What's relevant is that it's an inch and a half wide. Um, and so I just went corner to corner diagonally on my quilt. And um, the way I quilt using tape as a guide, because um, yeah, my uh, my walking foot on my Juki, unlike maybe some more expensive machines, doesn't have like little settings where you can offset it or whatever. It's just it's a very simple mechanical machine. It probably has one of those little bars for spacing, but I didn't use that. So instead of sewing right next to the tape which I have seen people do but that if you get onto the tape then you're picking tape out under your stitches I just went a quarter inch which is the width of my um, my walking foot a quarter inch away from the tape and then and stitched there and then I just had to for every line I just got up and moved that tape um, right next to that stitching line and then so and then quilt a quarter inch from that so what I do is I start in the middle and then I move you know like all one direction so that I have um, so I'm getting increasingly less quilt inside the machine in the harp space of the machine and I take the quilt out and feed it through the same direction every time because if you go up one way and down the other you get this weird um, these kind of I don't know wrinkles these folds um, because you're pulling the fabric in two, in two different directions. So I go all one way and I don't have any issues with that. And then I just flip the whole thing around. Um, so there's only like one seam where things are going a different direction. And then I do the same thing. And so I did that. Um, so, you know, I did diagonal and then, um, and then cross hatch. So I went diagonal the other way and it came out very nice. It was very meditative. I was listening to an audiobook and just doing my own thing. It's like that Zen, you know, I love my, my sweet spot. My happy place for quilting is chain piecing, just running fabric through the machine. <laughs> like some people, I know some people really like cutting. Some people like the design process. I just like the, the action of sewing. But I was reminded of why I don't tend to like to quilt so much in the summer. And that is just the way my setup is. Um, the quilt, the, the iron is behind me. And it just, it gets hot in the room I'm in and the iron is behind me. I do have a, a nice fan in there now, but you can't have that on too high if you've got little little pieces of fabric or they're going everywhere. But um, I had a very enjoyable afternoon. I quilted it. I um, actually uh, trimmed it. The next day I made the binding and sewed it on. 
and um, I just have, you know, I just have to come around the last corner and do like the last six inches. So it's almost done being bound. So that feels really good. I actually played around with binding this by machine, which I have done and I'm not great at. Um, I wish I had a stitch in the ditch foot. I think that would make a big difference. I should see if I can get one for my Juki. So my favorite way when I do machine binding is to sew the binding on, on the front, just as if you were gonna hand bind it, so that you're gonna wrap it around to the back. And then um, when you wrap it around to the back, you make sure you overlap that stitching line. It's, as a matter of fact, I use two and a quarter inch binding. I think if I did this, I would use two and a half inch binding, just so you know you have a little bit more. So, and one way to do this is you can clip this, but um, you can also use like Elmer's glue to actually glue your binding down and it will just wash out um, so that you know that it is overlapping your stitching line because that is super important. Um, so, so you do that and then you sew from the front and you sew right next to, right in that, that um, is, is, I guess it's the seam where your binding is and your quilt is just right inside there. And you, but you need to stay, you don't want to get onto your binding at all. And um, that's where I think the stitch in the ditch foot, which has almost like a little blade that helps you stay right in that channel as opposed to just winging it, you know, um, would be very helpful. Um, but the one thing I don't like about machine binding is that it does kind of leave a little bit of a flap on the back because you can't just catch the very edge. Um, so that's, but for this quilt, this was going to be, it's more of a wall hanging quilt. So you're not even going to see the back. And the, it's funny, the reason I decided not to do it is that the, um, the binding, no, the back of the, well, the binding is blue and the, the background fabric is, um, white and so I would use white thread to blend in with the background um, but then you'd see this white stitching on the blue um, binding on the back which again no one's ever going to see I don't know why that bothered me and and I'm not one that wants to you know mix a light and a dark you know light thread on the top and dark on the bottom because I just think you can get you know, issues with the threads peeking through. So ultimately I hand bound it because you know what? I like to hand bind things. I like to hand sew. I like hand work in general. So, um, so anyway, so that's feeling really good. And I was just like, okay, that was really fun. That was, you know, I just like to be reminded of that. Um, also when I was, um, kind of, uh, finishing up projects and moving things around, I was again reminded of that. I need to get back to Michael's to get these, um, I talked about them in another podcast, these craft boxes, and I was thrown the last time I was in Michael's because they are called 12 by 12 inch craft boxes, but if you actually look at the sticker that's on the box, they are four, like 14 inches, and I like that because I do make quilts with 12 inch blocks, so I want something that's a little bit more spacious than that, but um, that is such a nice way to, um, to store. I'm usually not into, you know, like having a bunch of plastic things, but you know what? that it was the it's it's great for keeping everything you need for each for each quilt project so I've been loving that so um in the ad for um that quarter shop I talked about the quilts along for scrappiness is happiness and I talked about that book in the last podcast which is episode 91 where I kind of flipped through it and told you all the things that are in this quilt, in this book. It is, um, it, I'm holding it right now, it's spiral bound, which is very nice, um, and it is hefty. It has 32 projects in it. 
in addition to a lot of information about how Lori Holt does her, her, you know, her scrap storage and the photography is just absolutely out of this world. So this sampler for the quilt along, which starts October 31st, it uses, I'm not sure, I didn't really count if it uses a block from every single quilt um, in the book, but it does definitely have some of the ones I talked about last time, which were so cute. It has the apple block, which is absolutely adorable and the pumpkin block and I talked about the pumpkin block that they have short fat pumpkins and tall skinny pumpkins and sometimes you you know you can make them all one color or she has a patchwork version and upon um, looking at it closer it's the same block it's just do you do it horizontally or, or vertically it, so that I thought that was very clever um, there's also a very cute mushroom block and I see I'm looking at the picture of the sampler right now and she's doing that in two sizes the the sampler um, quilt has blocks of many sizes here and um, there's a sewing machine block and of course there's a bee and some butterflies and then just um, a house block Christmas tree and then like churn dash and friendship um, star and you know a lot of more an Ohio star very just traditional blocks so um, that would be a very fun quilt along to be um, involved in if you feel so inclined I would like to do a giveaway and I'm going to warn you right now that I probably I'm not sure I will get this giveaway out to you right away I'm going to reach over here and grab it it is the support group quilt along so Fat Quarter Shop sent so many goodies recently um, just like so many fabulous products that they have coming out and so in October, which is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, they are going to do a um, quilt along and a cross stitch stitch along from this Lori Holt pattern called Support Group, which is, um, it's one block that's repeated 12 times and it's basically a bra. You could think of it as a bikini top if you wanted to, but I thought that was so clever for Support Group. And um, it's another charity quilt along. I love how these guys really put their money where their mouth is. So they are requesting that you make a donation to the National Breast Cancer Foundation. And um, both Kimberly Jolly, the owner of Fat Quarter Shop, and Lori Holt, um, they are matching um, donations, like up to $5,000. So we could really do some good here. So I will definitely be making a, um, a contribution. Um, I am a breast cancer survivor, so this really is close to my heart. I know I will not get to do this, um, get around to doing the quilt along part. I am already working on the cross stitch. So I would like to give this pattern to um, one lucky listener. And I will just put um, something in the show notes at kristenesser.com. Um, I'll probably just have you guys um, just make a comment um, if you would like to win it. And um, when I get back from my globe trotting, I will get that out to you guys. So that is what is going on in the quilting world. Oh, nope, nope, nope. I've got one more thing um, that I just want to talk about. Um, and, uh, and I will do a giveaway for this a little bit later. Um, so Lori Holt again with the Lori Holt. Um, her 2023 planner just came out and um, it is beautiful. It comes in a beautiful, this year it's pink, last year it was aqua. It comes in like a keepsake box that has a bee and kind of a hive thing on it. There are times that I really wish that this was a video podcast. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of YouTube where people just hold things up and um, 
and maybe I will try to get that going in 2023 where I can do a simulcast. So if you want to watch the YouTube version, you can. Otherwise, you can listen to the audio. I just need to, you know, there's a lot more to a, a video podcast. Anyways, back to Lori Holt, 2023 planner. Um, it has a beautiful linen cover. Can you hear that? Can you hear that? I'm rubbing the cover <laughs> um, with a little silver bee on, on it. It's very cute. And inside um, it has, um, for every month, you have got your monthly layout and then a page for notes and then um, priorities, shopping, personal goals, and health goals. So this is at the beginning of the month. You can set that up. And then, um, then there's just... A kind of a short one, two, three, four, five, six, probably around 10 lines of a to-do list. You shouldn't be doing more than 10 things every day anyways. Um, so over two-page spread, you've got your whole week, um, plus a little place to put your just like a, a weekly to-do list. Um, and then there's a little little check thing at the bottom of every day for your water consumption. consumption and they're little mason jars that you could check off. They're very cute. Um, so that's, you know, that is basically the way the, the planner is, is set up and I would use it except for I'm just not using paper planners in this way right now. Um, and it is just too gorgeous and valuable for me to hoard and not use. So, um, in a future podcast, um, I will be giving that away probably when I get back. Um, you know, it doesn't start till 2023, so we've got some good time there. So let's move on to my newest obsession, which is cross stitch. I was very glad to know um, last podcast, I talked about a few things about my fear that if I didn't um, always have a, you know, some good quilting content going on that you guys would abandon me. I was reassured that that was not the case. And I am really learning there is a, there are a lot of quilters that also cross stitch. There's just a big crossover. Um, in those two crafts, in knitting as well, but I already knew that. So I don't have any knitting content this time, but I do have cross stitch. Um, so whenever I get into like a, a new interest, I get obsessed, it's just my personality. So I've been just um, watching a lot of YouTube for cross stitchers. And I feel like the way cross stitchers work their craft is a little different than quilters. And so that's been interesting. And also I would just like to acknowledge, I don't know who started this, but on YouTube, if you type in floss tube, that you you enter a whole world of cross stitchers. So even though people have you know say uh, a YouTube channel with different kinds of content, when they do a, a a podcast or a video on cross stitch, they put floss tube in the title, and it's so searchable. Why did we not think of this? Why do we not have quilt tube and knitting tube? It makes it so easy for people who love cross stitch to find each other. And as a person with a podcast um, and website called Simple Handmade Every Day, which is very generic, like um, I feel like I don't always come up with in, in searches for things like quilting. So that was my bad, but, but still. So anyways, just you know, my, all my respect to whoever came up with the idea of calling something floss tube and having, and everybody falling into line with that. So I have found, um, many, but I'm gonna talk about three today, um, YouTubers that are both, um, cross stitchers and quilters. And so that kind of content I am here for. <laughs> they also all seem to be, uh, like obsessed with a fat quarter shop and, and all their great products and, and patterns and, and stitch alongs and things like that. So that's always fun for me too. The first one is Nicole Spore, um, N-I-C-O-L-E, 
N-I-C-H-O-L-S-P-O-H-R. Um, I'll put obviously all of these links in the in the show notes. Um, she is she is pro. So her real job is she's a card maker, and that is what her content on her channel is. That's like her job to um, to show card making demonstrations. And I could watch that woman color things in forever. She is amazing with the like markers and using getting all this variation and depth of tone. It's, it's amazing. But anyways, on the weekends, she does a for fun, um, podcast of the things that she does. So card making is her job. So quilting and cross-stitching are her hobbies. And now she's doing a weekly and hat just, again, my hat's off to anybody that can churn out weekly content. Um, so, um, she talks a lot about her cross-stitch and her, her quilting. She is really into stitch along. So she's doing like on the quilting side, you know, like the mode of blockheads and, and many of the, um, the fat quarter shop, quilt alongs. What I've learned about cross stitchers from what I'm seeing on YouTube is that there's very few monogamous cross stitchers. They have many projects on the go and um, just like have a little bit of a routine of stitching on a little on a different one like every day. So you're she, they're making progress on many different ones. Um, and then just things like, you know, I, Santa Sundays, you know, where we were always doing something Christmas related on Sundays, which I find this fascinating as a person that does, feels a little uncomfortable having a lot of projects going on. Um, that, that I thought that was very interesting. So Nicole Spore, um, she's just a, a delight and um, just as very nice professional quality um, uh, videos. The other one um, is called BCG Floss Tube, and this woman, um, I actually don't know her name, but it's a much smaller channel, so I, I think she's just kind of getting started, but she is so sweet and delightful, and she does beautiful work, um, again, both quilting and cross-stitch, and she she's um, going to school, um, yeah, so she's just got, she's just, I find her very interesting and just just so sweet and delightful. So um, give her channel some love, BCG Floss Tube. And the last one is called Elizabeth Ann Can Stitch. Um, she's also quite good. Um, and she, you know, has many projects on the go. She's into making project bags. Um, and here's another thing I've really learned about um, cross stitchers is because they do seem to have so many projects on the go, they like kit up think this is my little project bag that has everything for this project so no matter what you know what they feel like doing that day they just you know take the project bag out of the basket I thought that was kind of interesting and I've, I've kind of um, taken a few hints from that but this Elizabeth can stitch she does exactly the same thing with like right now she's got like nine quilts and she has them just all kitted up this is all in a bag this is all the fabric this is everything I need this is the pattern and the fabric and the background fabric and, and thread everything I need for these projects are all in these bags and I had a, um, a little moment where one of the ones that she pulled out was um, the a whole fat quarter bundle and pattern by my friend Minky Kim so I I texted her like oh go to I don't know you know like 1217 on this video so which is really fun and she said to me do people do this do people kit up all their quilt things like this I'm like you know I, I don't really know that people do this in the same in the same way like that they're all in little bags ready ready to go um, so you might if you are you know kind of interested in both of these things um, knitting and cross stitch check out those YouTube channels again I will put a link in the show notes um, and of course the um, Fat Quarter Shop floss tubes are uh, amazing and you learn so much 
from Kimberly Jolly, who's a very good cross-stitcher, and she just kind of passes on little, little tips um, about how to handle things, which has been really useful for me. So some things that I have, um, I've got three projects actually going on right now, because now I'm a cross-stitcher, I have to have multiple whips. <laughs> no. um, the one that I'm really loving is called Flea Market Flowers. It is um, from Fat Quarter Shop. Uh, I, actually, all three cross-stitch patterns are Lori Holt related. You know, I, I'm kind of like into the quilty style of um, not so much like the 1850 sampler, although I don't know, those are growing on me, to be honest with you. At first, I'm like, oh, I'm just not into the homespun look, but I don't know, I might be coming around. But anyways, um, Flea Market Flowers is I think I might have talked about it last time it's a very Scandinavian to me style um, of uh, cross stitch and it's just got um, all kinds of these little flower motifs it's a pretty big for cross stitch because ah, cross stitch is so time consuming it's you know I don't know roughly 12 or 13 by 12 or 13 so um, it, there's there's a lot of stitching to be done and I'm doing that on 25 count Lugana um, which I've now learned is like my favorite type of fabric to stitch on. And you go, um, instead of going in every hole, you go, you go in every other, you stitch over two squares. And I thought that was going to be so hard, um, to, to, to figure out. And it's not, as it turns out. Um, yeah. It, and I actually, I think I make fewer stitching errors on that than I do on Ada where I can just catch the wrong thread every once in a while so and it's just so much softer um it and you don't see the holes as much as you do you know um with with a 14 count ada so um, i've been enjoying that now the problem is is that those holes are little and i am no longer young so i you you need light and magnification and i've got kind of a couple friends that i've you know tried to i'm getting them back into cross stitch and they both were like i can't do it i can't the, i can't the holes are too small and i'm like you need light and magnification and now they're both down with it because that is exactly what you need um, I might have said this last time too, but uh, Susan Aki, who is a wonderful cross-stitcher, I read a blog post by her um, where she talks about having light coming over your shoulder is the way to go. And I have a daylight slimline floor lamp, and that has worked out really well for me. I also have a Halo Go that has magnification, and but I'm kind of realizing that I'm getting some eye strain from stitching and I realize that when I'm staring at the pattern and like counting squares that my contacts start to dry out <laughs> like my eyes hurt and I kind of wonder if staring through the magnification with the light on the halo go is is causing that sort of glare is causing me a little bit of eye strain I'm not sure I've taken the light down a tick to see if that would help but um that's been kind of you know like so I've had a little bit of eye strain and my right shoulder I'm right-handed is like a little achy so I'm building building up those those muscles um but I now I'm like looking at magnifiers that are like floor you can set on the chair next to you to magnify <laughs> I need a better setup I'm just kind of sitting with a tray this is how we did it when I would like hand piece I just have a tray that's just a pretty tray I've taken a million photos for it I got it at home goods or something and um and so I've got the halo go on that on my lap and my my um, pattern and I'm just kind of holding my project because I, I stitch in hand but it's a little too crowded I, I really should figure out if I do like this I could use a, a better setup than than what I have and the other thing that I've learned that I really like um, are things called um, floss drops uh, 
And this is how I like to store the floss for a project, um, which is just like, I have these ones from the Fat Quarter Shop, these Lori Holt ones. They're kind of like oval and they have a little ring, little hole in the top so you can put them all your floss for one project on a little ring, which I have just for as like binder rings. And then a, a larger hole. So what I do now is I take my floss, a new skein, you take off the number side, pull from the number side and it does not um, tangle. I completely unravel the whole thing and then keep folding in half until I have eight strands and trim that so that I have eight strands. And then you just put it through the little hole and I think it's actually called like a lark's head knot, a little slip knot through the hole. And what's so beautiful, and I've got to do a video for this, is you can get your needle in there and pull off one strand at a time. So you don't have to have six, you know, your little piece of floss that has six strands and you're picking off one at a time. You just get your needle in there and just pull off one strand when they're on floss drops. So I'm really liking that. So I, when I got my um, flea market flower project, it has a lot of floss and I was out of floss drops. And um, I wasn't going to be placing an order with Fat Quarter Shop, you know, anytime soon. Um, and I'm just like, oh gosh, these things I'm on like Amazon. Like these things are kind of expensive. There's got to be a different way. So I started looking through YouTube and found that people make their own. And so I went last weekend, I went down this whole rabbit hole of how to do this. And what I ended up doing, um, I did have to buy something. Um, I, I bought a... Um, a hole punch so what people use like three sizes of punches like one that punches out like the the oval of like a from cardstock or some thin cardboard and then another size hole at the top for the ring that you're gonna put this on and then the bottom for your thread and so um, what I ended up doing is like, what do I have around the house? I tried several different things. So um, if you have followed me for a while, you know, at, uh, at Christmas time, I have now converted to wrapping all of our presents with brown paper, with brown paper. And then I um, do like, you know, some baker's twine and I have these um, little cardboard um, tags. And when I bought the tags, they came together and they were, it was half of them are white and half of them are brown. Well, I never use the brown ones because the packages are brown. So I like the white tags on those. So I have all these Christmas tags um, that are long and skinny and they have a little thing where you can just punch out like uh, there's like a, a reindeer and a Christmas tree that's punched out. So I just trim that off and I did have to buy from Amazon for like $7 and it only came as a set of two, a three eighths inch and a half inch hole punch and I tried so many different kinds of things to, to not have to buy that hole punch but ultimately I did and I used the half inch one and so I just trim off these um, the Christmas part of this and and hole punch it and now I have these um, and then it's paper and I can just write the the floss number on it and you know they're recyclable so I'm very very happy with that um, with that idea and not having to buy you know it was gonna cost too much for me to um you know to buy all the different sizes i'm even texting my friend minky who used to be you know like a paper crafter i'm like do you happen to have a half inch size circular punch but she did not they're kind of rare apparently so um i was chatting with my friend vicky over at um my creative corner three who's also recently obsessed with cross stitch and she has a cricket and there are several videos about making these with a cricket um, so she did that like the next day she took like it was like some cardboard and some paper that she's recycling 
Um, so that is got kind of got this cool text look and you can just put it through the Cricut and it, you know, it cuts out um, and it, 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 she bought like a, a file that someone had that has like six different shapes. Um, so anyways, she's got a video. I'll put a link to that video of her showing how she did that. Um, so anyways, just kind of coming, trying to come up with some economical ways. I'm trying not to, um, I, I don't know if this cross-stitch obsession is going to, how long it's going to last. So I don't want to invest in a bunch of, of uh, you know, like gadget and gear that I don't need. But floss is inexpensive and I'm not going crazy buying um, the, uh, the fabric for it either. So I, th I think I've got it under control. Which leads me to try to figure out what craft project am I going to pack to take to Italy? You know, we've got long plane flights and, you know, I like to relax doing my crafts. And so I thought I would take flea market flowers because I thought um, then I will have all, when I look at this project, I'll have all these Italy memories wrapped up in it. You know, oh, I was there. Oh, this was on the plane flight to, to Rome that I did this or whatever. But I've kind of realized that, the 25 count, you need good light. Now you can pack the Halo Go. It's a, it's a travel lamp, but I'm, you know, I, I'm trying to go light. You know, we, we're going for um, 10 days, so I, I don't want to pack things I don't need. And I thought, you know, this is going to be very frustrating for me to not be able to see clearly. Um, and, and then I'll be so bummed out that I'm, that I'm, you know, making mistakes, things like that. So I think I counted that out. So I do have a 14 count Ada project, which is the support group. Um, oh, I don't think I finished telling you all the three projects. Flea Market Flowers, the Lower Holt Stitch Cards, um, which seemed like a great option to take because they are just these little 32 by 32 inch or stitch um, motifs. And there's a coffee or a teacup and a teapot and strawberries. Um, but it's also on 25 count, so I don't think I'm going to do that. But my um, support group is on 14 count Ada. And I thought, oh, I'm going to be a little like embarrassed that I'm basically cross-stitching bras on the plane. I've decided to let that go. <laughs> so I think I will pack that. But you know what else I think I'm going to do? I'm going to throw in some sock yarn. I somehow love to knit socks on vacation. So I think I will, I think I've got a couple skeins of sock yarn and I'll just do a plain sock and then they will be my Italy socks. So I've got my two choices um, of, of crafts to, to, to plan. And I so often pack these things for um, vacations and then never do them. I remember a couple years ago, I packed hand piecing and knitting, but I was really obsessed with knitting then. And um, I think I was reorganized in a bag and I put the knitting bag out and I forgot to put it back in. So when I got to vacation, <laughs> I didn't have it. And I was like so angry about it that I still chose not to hand piece because I was like mad that that was the project that I brought. It makes no sense. So, um, so anyways, so yeah, I think that uh, my little 14 count project and some sock knitting is what's gonna make it into the bag. All right, let's move on to books. I've got some books and shows because that's what I do when I'm stitching is listen to an audiobook or watch uh, watch a little TV show. So I finished The Glass Hotel by Emily St. John Mandel, who people seem to love her. It's the first book I've read by her, and, or I listened to it, and I talked about it on an earlier podcast, but I had to return it um, before I finished it. So I did finish it this time, and I did enjoy it. It got a little weird and it was kind of all over the place. I looked it up on Goodreads and everyone, not everyone, so many people on that one read her book Station Eleven and absolutely loved it. And then we're like, okay, 
this is not like that at all. And some people thought that was okay. And other people are like, yeah, this was not my thing. So um, it's, uh, I talked about it in another podcast. It's about, it, it, well, it's hard to say who it's about because it's all over the place, but it's mostly about a girl named Vincent who is a bartender at this hotel, the Glass Hotel. Um, actually, I'm not sure that that's what it's called, but it has these big glass windows. And um, she basically gets involved with a, a guy that's, in, that's running a Ponzi scheme. And you find this out early on in the book. So that's no, no spoiler. So it's moving back and forth in time um, to where she is now and then going back to the future. It's, it's moving around all the time. And it, it also uh, has a whole storyline with her brother that honestly could, they could have completely dropped. <laughs> um, but it just gets a little weird. There's some like ghosts involved. Um, it, it was a very fun ride. It, it was an okay book. Um, I don't regret reading it or listening to it, but um, I, I thought it was really going somewhere. And then I'm not sure it ever got where I thought it was going to go. So that's the Glass Hotel. I am going to put Station Eleven on a to-be-read list, though, because um, everyone seems to love that one. I am currently listening to All Creatures Great and Small by James Harriet. This was inspired by watching the TV show, the PBS show, which I absolutely adore. And um, I know a lot of people, you know, read that book. I never did as, as a child. So I'm listening to that. And I'm actually quite struck by how different the TV show and the books are, that um, they made some interesting choices casting-wise in the show. Um, I feel like the character of Siegfried, um, if you if you know the the book or the story at all seems I mean not entirely it's not like it's a completely different guy but uh, the the actor gives it a little bit of a different vibe that's that's in the book and um and I'm not that far into it yet but right now I mean it really because you know it was written as a memoir and I do feel like it is um really much more focused on like the individual little weird um, cases of him, you know, delivering a calf or, you know, lancing a pig's ear, whatever. Um, I feel like in the, and this might be premature of me to say, in the TV show, it, it's also a little bit more about what's going on at the house and the, and the home life and things like that. But it makes sense that as, as you know, James Harriet, the, the vet, he is just like keeping notes on all the crazy cases that he has to do as, as a large animal veterinarian out there in the, in the country. So anyways, I'm enjoying that. Um, I'm not, um, not all that far into it, but it really kept me company yesterday while I cleaned my house, which is, which is always fun. The other book that I've started listening to, um, and I sometimes put on when I'm going to sleep at night, is um, from... Chirp. I've talked about Chirp audiobooks before, not sponsored or anything, but it is just a great place to check in and keep an eye on um, if you like audiobooks and you can't get everything, you know, from Libby. Um, so um, they have, you know, they have really good sales. So I was just kind of perusing that when I finished up, you know, I couldn't figure out what I was going to listen to next. And I got The Complete Adventures and Memoirs of Sherlock Holmes. And I, I've read all of Sherlock Holmes. I love Sherlock Holmes. Um, but this, um, this, you know, it's it's quite many hours of listening. And it is read by Ralph Cosham. Now, if you are a um, Louise Penny audiobook listener, you will know that he is the, he, he sadly died. But he is the um, reader for the first 10 Inspector Gamache books. And that has been 
both delightful and disconcerting to hear um, Inspector Gamache's voice being Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> it was like, like perhaps my two favorite detectives. I don't know, but that has been really weird, and it's very fun. I mean, I his voice is I, is wonderful. So that has been really fun. He was also I forgot to mention this last podcast. I talked about watching um, the Agatha Raisin in the oh I forgot what it's called already the the something about a quiche. Um, it's her the first Agatha Raisin book, and they also made it into a movie. Um, on that you can see on Acorn and in that case Ralph Cosham played a character which I was like probably stitching while I was um, listening to it and then I'm, I'm like that is Inspector Gamache's voice and so he you know so I never had never really seen him as an actor before so that was really fun so um, those that is what I have been listening to I also oh shoot I forgot to make a note about this um I, you know how I love quilty fiction, right? And I've read a lot of knitting fiction. I'm like, is there cross-stitch fiction? Of course there is. Of course there is mystery cross-stitch. <laughs> and so over on BookBub, um, which is my bargain place to get eBooks, I was able to get a little set. You know, so the, so the Sherlock Holmes thing, it was probably on sale. If I know myself, it was probably $1.99. So I'm not gonna, I don't pay much for these things. Same thing with this, um, this little new series to me, and there are many of them, of these books. Um, and it was a set of three, um, and it was probably, again, a dollar or two. And I can't remember what it's called, so I'm gonna put you on hold so I can tell you what it is. All right, I just went and looked it up and gave you bad information, actually, because apparently I got it from Amazon. It's called The Stitches in Crime. It's a Kindle edition of a box set. It's got three books, and it's by, ACF Bookins and I read one of um, her ones that's more centered around a bookstore in a previous podcast called like um, Publishable by Crime or something like that. I can't remember. Anyways, so the main character in this book and I'm not that far into it, but um, it's been fun so far and cross-stitching does not really figure into it. It's just like the thing that she does at night as she's, you know, trying to process her own thoughts about what's going on um so she's a single mom and her best friend has a little knitting store so that kind of figures in which is kind of fun but she actually does salvage which this is a completely new field for me so she goes into like buildings in this case it's a building that's going to be destroyed and she has permission to go in and salvage whatever she can and then she resells that um so she is kind of a historian so she she finds the the history behind things and she writes a newsletter that really works in the kind of storytelling and, and this history aspect um which is um which is kind of interesting so it's again it's a light cozy um you know mystery kind of um book and uh, and it was kind of fun so i think i got it it might be available like for free on kindle um or it was just, a, you know, it's there. It was a really good deal. Give you the first three books and then you're hooked. So anyways, that's called Stitches in Crime. Another book that I wanted to talk about was sent to me. And it is called The Perfect 100 Day Project. And I found this very intriguing because I tried very briefly a 100 day project to do Zentangles and like failed on day three. So um, this it is such a fun book. There's a lot of... Um, like handwritten notes it's got a very like funky feel to it there's little drawings in it things like that so it's by rich armstrong 
And what I love about this book is that he really goes through so much about why you would even want to do a 100-day project. So I'm, I just thought I would just kind of go through some of the sections of the book. Um, and what, some of the reasons why you should do it is that it crystallizes what you want. So you might think that you have all these hobbies that you want to do. I want to be a better photographer. I want to be a better quilter. I want to, um, I want to learn how to draw better. And by doing a 100-day project, you can just go, okay, I'm going to take one of these things and I'm just going to really invest in it over the next 100 days. But in a very um, small bite, achievable um, project in it. And if you've committed to it, then you know you're taking action on it on a on a daily basis. And one of the more important things I think is that here he says that it weeds out perfectionism, because when you churn something out every single day, not every day is going to be good. But it's the in many ways sometimes it's the quantity that matters over the quality. The quality comes over time and practice. So there's lots of reasons to um, to do them, um, and. Here's some, oh, I, I've bookmarked a few places um, that I want to talk about. So, and he talks about the different types of projects. Like you can kind of, you know, I think of it as just like, let me just, I'm going to sew improv blocks for a hundred days or something like that. But um, you, there's different types that you can pick something that, um, that you can learn something new. Like, I don't know how to draw. Like you can pick something that's not just already in your wheelhouse. You can learn something new. You can try to get better um, at something and prove a skill over 100 days. Um, you can just pick something like that would that is sort of whimsical and fun to do for, for 100 days. You can avoid doing something for 100 days and that's a 100 day project you can say uh, no sugar for 100 days no coffee something like that um, you can it can be something that you do for yourself like uh, meditate for 100 days or journal for 100 days things like that so he gives you lots of ideas that I hadn't even really thought about it um, and so he's got another section here and this is kind of a workbook so you can actually you know write your own thoughts in it as well um, and here's a section called what are the benefits of sharing the project um and you know because I, I mean i only know about 100 day projects because of social media but you don't have to share them they can be something you do just for yourself but some of the benefits are that it keeps you accountable it connects you with other people who are doing 100 day projects or it connects you with people that are involved in the thing that you are doing like say you started to to draw or something like that you, you'll be connected to other people doing that and you can create um community around it um and the other thing is that it gives you closure like you know you've done this 100 day project you shared every day and now it's done so it's it, it's got a beginning a middle and an end and the other reason for um one of the reasons to share it is that you have a record of it you can see your progression of of uh of how much you have changed and grown and learned doing it um, other kind of fun sections is that he talks about what to do if you get stuck. Um, is it okay to quit? Um, you know, wh what are good reasons for quitting and not good reasons for quitting? Things like that. So if you, like me, are interested in doing something like a 100-day project, um, you know, th this, this book really um, gives you just like just a whole um, a whole format just a framework to hang it on and a lot of a lot of inspiration a lot of good ideas like now I've got ideas for things that I, I would not have thought of before so this is the perfect 100 day project how to choose make and finish your creative project by Rich Armstrong I'll put a link in the show notes 
surprisingly, we actually went to a movie in a theater, which I guess uh, my daughter and I saw the Downton Abbey movie in a theater. But so this is just like the second movie I've seen in many years in the theater. And we went and saw the new Top Gun Maverick movie. So I was in college. I can completely remember where I saw Top Gun. I was on a double date. Um, we went to this the kind of budget theater because we are we were all college students. Um, and you know, if you are a, a, you know around my age, then you know Top Gun was quite a big deal. And so um, a friend of mine is obsessed with the new one and just said it was so good. And like, you have to go see it in a theater. So my husband and son and I, we all went to see it. And it was, it was quite delightful. I mean, you know, the whole, um, you know, like thriller is the wrong word. Action adventure is, is not really usually my genre. Um, and I mean, it is not, it's not going to win any awards, but it keeps you on the edge of your seat. It is exciting. You are invested in the outcome from the moment it starts till the moment it ends. So that was, um, it was very fun. There are some weird things about it. I thought it was interesting. Val Kilmer is in it. You know, he's got, I think he maybe had throat cancer or something and he can't really talk and they they worked that into the storyline. He's in it too, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, the, 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 a lot of the storyline revolves around Goose. If you remember him in the first one, Goose's son. Um, and so I found that very charming. Um, there are some weird, you know, inconsistencies about it. Like they, you know, they're, it was all about Russia in the first one, right? So this time the, the enemy is like, it's very unknown. It's like, you don't know what country they're in, what country is trying to do this thing they shouldn't be doing. Every time you see, um, you know, a, a pilot of a, of a fighter, uh, you know, like a fighter pilot from, from the bad guys, they're just like all in black and everything is very generic. It's kind of weird. So it's like just this unnamed enemy, which really, it didn't bother me, completely drove my husband crazy. Like, how are we supposed to place this in our time if we don't know who they're talking about? So, um, but anyways, if you have not seen that and you enjoyed the first Top Gun, um, I, I, everyone was surprised it was still in a theater, but it is. So I definitely recommend that. Um, my husband and I, uh, more into TV shows, we finished um, Only Murders in the Building. And it is delightful. That's on Hulu. And if you have not seen that, go back to season one and start that. It's got Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez in this very glitzy um, apartment building in New York City. So you've got like just these fantastic sets um, all the clothes that they're wearing. So the, the, the sets are great. The costumes are great. Um, Steve Martin and Martin Short are fabulous. You got the intergenerational thing um, between them and Selena Gomez. I, I'm not, a lot of people think she's a fantastic actress in the series. I'm not sure I agree. I think she's quite deadpan. Um, she has this very nasally voice that drives me crazy. But um, it's just, it's a, when, when it was done, when we finished, we're just like, that was so much fun. That was just so much fun. So I highly recommend that. Um, the other thing that we watched that was very enjoyable was is called Bosch Legacy. So on Amazon Prime, there was a show called Bosch with Titus Welliver. Um, it is based on a Michael Connolly series of books, which I'm thinking maybe I should go try to read these books. Maybe I'd really enjoy them. So he's a, an L.A. detective. Um, and that show, Bosch, ran its course and ended. And now they've started a new one called Bosch Legacy that he is still in, um, but it focuses a little bit more on his daughter, who is now a police officer. And um, 
that was really good in it you can get to it through Amazon Prime but it's actually on a streaming app I assume that's owned by Amazon called Freevee so it is the a free streaming service that has commercials so that was a little bit of a bummer so I guess yeah I mean we accessed it through Amazon Prime but I guess if you're not Prime you could still watch it because it's got commercials so I think Amazon is trying to hit both sides of that of that market um, but it's a straight up you know detective show um, but it's it's uh, the storytelling is good the acting is fabulous um, and I personally get a kick out of um, these shows that are based in LA because I'm out right outside of LA and everything is so familiar and I just I kind of get a, a kick out of that um, and since we're finished um, with those we have are gone back now that Better Call Saul is over um, we have circled back so we Better Call Saul is an offshoot of Breaking Bad um, I had a complicated relationship with Breaking Bad it, it was too violent for me um, but Better Call Saul takes one of the characters this sleazy lawyer and um, and tells his backstory of basically how he got to be that sleazy lawyer in Breaking Bad and I like to call it Breaking Bad Light because um, you know it's not a, you can't call it a wholesome show but it is so much it's funny um, and it's just everything is much lighter in Better Call Saul so I've been enjoying that um, but it was off for a while because the and one of the reasons is the actor Bob Odenkirk had a heart attack and so that really set them back thankfully he it turns out he was okay but um, you ha so we need to go back and watch seasons five and six and then at the end of six it's over so seasons one through five are on Netflix so um, if you haven't watched that that's where you'd go for that and then when we get to season six we will have to buy another random streaming service um, it is on um, uh, now I'm forgetting AMC A&E one of those I can't remember um, but I'm excited to be back in that little world of, of Better Call Saul because I really enjoy those um, for my own non-husband viewing time like which is when I'm stitching on my own I discovered this new show on Acorn called The Queens of Mystery and it is a um, it's a little mystery show obviously about a it takes place in England this young girl um, has a job as a um, as a detective and she has a little bit of a weird backstory in that her mother disappeared when she was like three years old and she was raised by her three aunts and they all three have very interesting lives interesting pasts but right now they all write crime fiction one of them is like a graphic novelist and the other two um, although I think a little bit more normal crime fiction one of them owns a bookstore called Murder Inc um, and so they um, tend to get involved in um, the main character her name is Matilda and they tend to get involved in Matilda's cases and you know in a, and it's very funny it's a super quirky show it has um, it has a narrator which reminds me a little bit of like a series of unfortunate events or a Roald Dahl book um, and then part of the the quirkiness is the the narrator part of it but it is very fun is a little disconcerting um, there's season one and two it's season two has a different Matilda <laughs> I guess the main character is different she has a very she's like platinum blonde hair and a very 
identifiable bob so um you know they they captured that but i guess the original actress i had to look up why is there a different matilda i guess there was just a conflict of um of scheduling so um just super cute cannot yeah cannot uh, say that enough just uh, you should definitely check that out but I stopped watching that when I was doing some serious counting on one of my projects and I was realizing because you know with the, the mystery shows you kind of got to pay attention and there's also there's a lot of dark scenes where there's no dialogue going on and you need to look at what's going on and I realized okay I'm not following this storyline at all so I put back on um, what is now a comfort show to me that I discovered during original lockdown, which is a place to call home. It's on Acorn. It is, they call it the um, Australian Downton Abbey. <laughs> and it is, I just started at the beginning and I'm so reinvested in this family again. So this is about a, a woman who meets this family on this um, boat crossing. It takes place in the 50s um, from England to Australia. And um, this family that she meets is they, you know, they they're the, the the closest thing to royalty they have in this little kind of rural area, um, in um, in Australia, and in in the same way, you know, I think they they own a lot of land and they have tenant farmers and things like that. So it's like you know, even though it's the fifties, and she's a nurse. The main character's name is Sarah, and um, she through you know all kinds of weird things ends up moving to the same town that they're in becoming a nurse and gets very involved um, with this family against the wishes of the matriarch who does not like her and um, it's it's very enjoyable what I do remember and I keep thinking oh when am I going to get to this it's six seasons long I think at the end of season five they didn't think it was going to be renewed and so the last episode just wraps everything up in a sweet little bow but then there's a season six in the first episode of season six is what should have been like, I'm not exactly sure how I'm explaining this right, but anyways, it got renewed. And so they reshot what have been the final episode to all the things they turned into a nice little boat, turned them all into cliffhangers so that there would be something to do with season six. That was so weird at the time. But anyways, it is um, a, a beautiful, it's beautifully shot. It makes me want to go to Australia. So that, those are the things that uh, we've been watching lately. My goodness, I am at an hour already. I didn't think I had so much to talk about. So let's wrap this up with, I had talked before about, and we now we're headed into September, about doing a mid-year goal check, which I did in July, but I've never gotten around to talking about it. So I took a little bit of a different approach to my goals this year. Um, I do, I used power sheets, which um, I talk a lot about in other episodes. But it really kind of helps you figure out, you know, not just what you want to do this year, but what you want, what do you want your life to look like in five years and 10 years when you're 80 years old, what's going to matter to you, things like that. But what I did this year is I really um, just really reduced down my, what I wanted to accomplish into four different big projects. One was, so this is back in January, planning a big vacation. So did that. (laughs) Um, Planning a cutting garden. Now that I did actually go quite a long, um, a long ways through that until the drought hit and I had to abandon that, um, doing our bathroom renovation and, um, and my health, which involves, um, losing some weight and actually, um, finding a strength training program that I liked and some things like that. So, um, let me quickly, even though I just kind of did it, 
and kind of go through how those have gone. So the vacation, um, we actually planned this vacation in uh, February. So that was just like, boom, done. It's taken a lot more work um, recently. So again, we're going to Italy, we're going to Rome, Florence, Venice. And so um, knock that out through Costco travel. Could just absolutely, we'll see if I still recommend Costco travel when we get back, but they made the whole planning it very, very easy. So that one went pretty, you know, well quickly. Um, the cutting garden, um, I bought the seeds, I prepped the soil, I started the seeds and you know, all that going, I'm looking out my window and I still have a whole bunch of very tall zinnias out there that I've been, been able to cut and bring in um, to the house, which is my goal is to have a cutting garden. But um, because of the, the drought in Southern California and us not really being able to water, I just kind of abandoned that idea, which is, which is sad, um, but that's the way things go. Bathroom renovation. I do have an update for those of you who have been with me here. Um, so it is almost done. It's a fully functional bathroom at this point. So we replaced the vanity and I have a mirror, new lights, new flooring. We painted new toilet. Um, and the last thing that we, we did was order a big piece of artwork to go above the, the bathtub. There's just a big white wall. And when you're laying in bed, that is what you see. We needed something big there. And for the mirror, I had, um, I had, a, spe I had a, a custom mirror done. It's not like, and it's just in a, a very pretty wooden frame. It's nothing really special. It's just I wanted it to be the exact size. Um, so... That guy said, well, when, you're, when you want to do this artwork for over the tub, go to art.com and find a print and I will frame it up for you. And um, so, and that's what I needed is I just like, I, I was just all over the place looking for artwork that just not quite finding anything that I liked and both my husband liked. So one Sunday um, afternoon, we poured ourselves some wine and got in front of the computer and said, let's, let's figure this out today. And so we did and we found um, on art.com. Um, found a piece of art that we liked um, and we went through different sizes and stuff. I actually got some painter's tape out and just kept taping out the, on the wall the different sizes. And what we ended up doing is just having art.com mat and frame it for us. And what's kind of cool, again, not sponsored, but I found out once we had it delivered is that you have 45 days. If they're like, we understand that you thought you were going to like this and you don't, absolutely free returns for 45 days. So what happened with ours is that um, it got dropped and there's a ding in the side of the frame and it kind of knocked the frame a little bit out of a, a line, alignment. Um, so I got on chat with them. I sent them some photos and like, they were like, no problem. Do you want, you still like it? We're like, yeah, they just sent a new one that day. So we're still waiting for that one. We hung the one we have <laughs> and they don't want the old, old one back either. We hung the one we have so that when the new ones come, we can just put it right on there. And between you and me, I don't even see the ding on the frame, but you know, I paid good money for it. So I want one that's not damaged. My son might actually take this one too. <laughs> to college with him. Um, so art.com worked out very well. I need to get back on there and order something. Uh, we have a room that just has a toilet in it and it, I need something in that room. Um, so we're just now down to, yeah, we're going to hang a towel rack with a shelf above the tub probably today. And then it's just a little bit of decor. I thought the decor was going to be really hard, but what I really ended up doing is I got a, a little tissue box holder that's um, kind of like wicker 
and their soap and then I just I bought a big plant for the for the rest of the counter and that's it like I don't need anything else I'm like okay well that was easy I've got some plants on the bathtub so it's all decorated with plants plants and candles are my two number one ways to decorate things so um so anyway so that is in the home stretch I do want it to be done all the way like like I need the the print for the room with the toilet um, because I have this habit of never finishing a room but um, so glad the painful part of that process is over and it was rather painful so um, that leaves health not as done as well on that as I would hoped I did lose like 15 pounds earlier this year and I've pretty much kept that off I just haven't continued so um, Starting in October, I'm going to just kind of get back focused on that and see if I can end the year in a good place. Um, I did find a strength training program that I really like, um, and I have tried many. So it's an ad that, you know, I complained about social media, but they put ads in front of me that I fall for sometimes. I'll put a link in the show notes, but it is a, a book, spiral bound book by put out by women's health magazine that's called a strength training guide for women so when i bought it um you can buy it on amazon but i if you buy it through the women's health thing i think you get a coupon and they give you a pdf version of it immediately and it is um, a program that has um it's like a is it like a 12-week program there's four workouts three or four workouts i don't have it in front of me that in you like go through workout stage one okay there's the, i know there's like multiple stages so you have stage one there are four workouts and you just go through those till you've done those each like four times and you move to stage two and you go on like this so i, I can kind of do this forever and what's kind of good about this is that in the book they have they explain how to do every exercise and some of them you have to be in a gym so i just skip those i just have the weights we have at home um now what's what why this works for me is that there's like this printout it's a checklist once i know how to do them i can just look at the list and just go through them but if i'm unsure about how to do something it's easy to flip and find it so i know videos might work for some people and if i did have the perfect workout video i could just follow every time i would i probably would prefer that because sometimes they push me harder than I push myself but this has been working for me and I've been consistently doing it so that has been important to me so um so that part is good I've gotten much better about making sure I take all my vitamins twice a day and 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 flossing and all those little drinking enough water all those little habits um that I seem to just weirdly struggle with I've really gotten those under control this year too so um so yeah I think I'm, I feel like I'm really moving through all of these these goals so now vacation will be over I'm, we're not doing cutting garden bathroom renovation will be over so I'm like what else am I going to do what are what's going to be my goal to get me through the end of the year and I'm only going to pick one other big goal because then we're going to head into the holidays and that's its own project right um so the next thing I really want to or maybe two things um is I really want to lean into um like preparedness and I talked about this before I got I got this book out of the library called survival mom that has the most cringy cover ever but it has really good checklist in it so I bought a used version of that uh, again I'll put a link in the show notes and um so I just want to get my um like my extended pantry in the garage in a really good place I want to start storing you know like as we are buying larger amounts of like rice and flour and I just want to be able to live out of that pantry for 
you know, at least, two, you know, a food we've stored for like up to a month without having to go to the grocery store. Because if I learned anything out of the pandemic situation is that, yeah, that there are can be food shortages and I don't want to be, we, we did fine there, but I don't want to be caught like that. So um, I'm just looking into, you know, like food grade five gallon buckets or mylar bags or just ways to store food. And I, I really need to, when, when we move the college kid out, then I, the garage needs a reorganization. Um, but as in California here with the droughts and we have, and I want to be prepared for the things that could happen here, which are wildfires, um, and, uh, earthquakes, which all mean electric, we could lose power. So I want to make sure, um, we've, we've bought a generator that we're working on and I want to make sure that we can, um, cook, you know, and have, you know, some amount of power if that happens. Cause the, the, Power companies actually, when things get windy or really hot, they sometimes shut the power down um, to prevent fires. So I just, those are the things that I want to be prepared for. I'm not really, um, you know, worried about the apocalypse or going off grid. I just want to know that we have the food and the water and the supplies we need um, to get through a few weeks, to get through a week without power. So that's going to be my next project. Um, and I've been doing, we have a lot of this stuff already. It's just, it's not well organized right now. Um, and the other thing that perhaps we'll start talking about in the fall is figuring out what to do with our backyard. Um, our grass is completely dead um, and we need to figure out what is the new plan. What, you know, cause we're going to rip that out and, but we do have dogs and we, you know, we want to keep that um, space for something that, you know, the dogs can play in and then they do, they run around and play like crazy there. So that'll be that we, that we'll probably just start thinking about that one and that'll be a, a 2023 goal. Okay. So this has been a long one. Thanks for hanging with me. Um, I do want to, um, say thank you to a couple people who left reviews. So, um, oh, see now, hang on. First of all, thank you so much to Brookshire 22 who left a very long, very sweet review. Um, and she mentioned that I, I reviewed one of the cookbooks she rests, she, um, she recommended she's in the Facebook group. Um, and so I'm thinking that's the half-baked harvest one. Not sure, but, um, thank you so much for all the sweet things you said there. And also Alyssa Elaine R. It looks like Alyssa Elaine, um, also a cross stitcher. And, um, she thought that maybe some other cross stitchers might enjoy the, um, the podcast. And I appreciate that. So as always, I totally appreciate it when you guys take the time to rate and review the podcast. If you leave a comment on the show notes, and I usually try to get back to everyone who does that. I'm a little bit behind right now, um, but I just appreciate, you know, us uh, the back and forth. So you can find me online at my blog, Simple Handmade Every Day, on Instagram as Kristen Esser, and consider joining the Simple Handmade Every Day private Facebook group where we can keep this conversation going. I hope that you all have a lovely week, and um, I'll see you in about a month.